and welcome to episode 24 of what's the chakkar my name is karan madhok and i'm the editor and co-founder of the chakkar the chakkar.com is an indian arts review a celebration of india's artistic creativity where we publish writing on indian music film literature theater art sports and more we also publish creative work like poetry fiction photography original art etc in this episode i will interview a number of guests on recent trends in music literature and film and tv from india and abroad In conversation today with Shasta Vaishnav, Pratik Santaram, and Adi Manral, we will discuss books by G. N. Devi and Haruki Murakami, discuss the film Lal Singh Chadda, and listen to music by the Kashmiri rapper Amir. So strap in and let's go around the chakkar. <laughs> so I'm here with Shasta Vaishnav back after quite a long time. On or it feels like yeah. a long time. It's been a couple of months back on the What's the Chakkar podcast. Shasta, how are you doing? It's good to be back. I'm fine, Karan, and I'm speaking to an author himself, which is great. <laughs> you. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, we're talking about me. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but, but but we are not. We are not going to talk about my work today. We're going to talk about um, some of the books we've been reading in recent yeah uh, recent months, recent weeks, uh, and I want to yeah. start off with. a book i started and i wrote an essay about this on the chakkar several months ago uh it's called right. mahabharat the epic and the nation by g n devi so uh mm-hmm. it was published by alif uh, earlier this year uh so devi is a linguist he a scholar and he's worked extensively with um, adivasi communities around india sure so basically i think one of his uh, life's passions has been to sort of uh, go against the mainstream idea of any mythology so go against the mainstream ramayana go against the mainstream mahabharat uh which is you know the, the stuff that we've been fed most of our life right, uh, right. He, he, i mean he's never saying the mainstream is wrong he's just sort of introducing other ideas as well um so this is a very short book i mean it's like 120 something pages uh, about an epic which is possibly one of the longest epics ever written ever i mean it's, it wasn't originally written it was a verbal thing uh so so it's it's kind of amazing that he's he was able to get the philosophical ideas of the mahabharat uh in basically this very short highly readable volume uh and what he does is that one by one he sort of goes through discusses sort of like the mahabharat's various preoccupations its causes its purposes to what has then sort of affected indian culture and i uh, i mean so so before i even get started i mean I'll, i i could just gush on and on about how he was able to do this in such a short time in such a short book yeah. which is just i yeah. i feel as as someone who's as verbose as i am <laughs> it's 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 a true achievement to be able to to do that right so yeah, one so the, how is it different like how is it different from the regular what what is his take on it like is it a homage to uh, the original like you know i've like i've read versions of the mahabharat like let's say from draupadi's point of view right like chitra dev uh, chitra um you know the author of palace of illusions so that was uh dropedi's point of view but how is this one different like what is it so, so he is not telling you the story this is not about the plot of the mahabharat i think there's only okay. briefly i think he only spends a couple of pages just very briefly describing 
the larger right. summary of the Mahabharat. So if if you don't know the story, if you don't know the plot, this is not where you should start. I think if you're if you're new, if if say you're, I think it's almost impossible to find an Indian person who doesn't know some of the story of the Mahabharat or the Ramayana. Yeah. But but, yeah. but if say say you're an outsider and you want to get in, introduced to the to the epics, this is not you should. This is more a, a series of critical essays, but it's one larger critical essay. Um, okay. And he's sort of asking pointed questions about what makes the Mahabharat so relevant to India as it is throughout history and India as it is today. So, for right. example, like one of his pointed questions is about uh, character. And this is a very simple question, which is, who, who who is the Mahabharat about? Like, for example, with the Ramayan, it's literally got the Ram in his name. Ram in the, So we know yes. it, it's, it's the story of Ram. We're going to get a bunch of other characters, but really yeah. it's the story of Ram. Uh, with the Mahabharat, it, Devi calls it the endless plot, which doesn't really have an easy to identify central character. So, you know, th- there is, as we all know, there's a great war between these two sets of cousins, the Pandavas and the Kauravs. And, you know, he, he brings up a number of characters who could be the centerpiece from various perspectives. So there could be Arjun, there could, there could be Karn, there could be Krishna, there could be Bhishma, right. there could be Kunti, there could be Draupadi, if you're taking the feminist view, as you mentioned in the book, yes. right? Uh, yes. So they could all be possible candidates for the centerpiece person in this story. But right. what, what's crazy is that n- nobody even comes close to sort of sustaining the plot from beginning to, to the end. The, the war itself is only a very small part of the story. The, there's a lot that goes on. It's like just goes on and on rambling. It's like an entire history, right? So what Devi suggests as a center character is uh, y- uh, Yama, the, the sort of the god Yama. God of sort of, yeah. Yeah, he he inaugurates the clan of Kuru warriors, which are central to the story. And he's like kind of meddling with human actions a lot throughout the story. He like I think uh, Krishna is one of Yama's avatars. So he's as 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 Krishna, he's meddling with the issue with like the humans in the story. Uh and then in the very finale, he's standing at the at the gates of heaven, you know, or the at the gates of death, so to say. Uh so mm-hmm. I think that was one way of of David trying to come around to who he who is the character who we could focus on if there is one you know the other question he often asks is um just like the, what is the moral of the story like is it telling us is the is there is this good versus evil thing like what are we trying to get around that and once again with ramayan we understand you know ram from from the perspective of the ramayan itself ram is the good man ram is the man that every man should be like I'm not talking yes. about my perspective. Yeah, I'm talking about the, the book's perspective, the, the story's yes. perspective. In Mahabharat, it's like, and this is why I love the Mahabharat, the morality is really gray. Good versus evil. Like, it's hard to tell, you know, the, the difference between the light and the darkness here. A number of chief characters have all the qualities. So they're, they're heroic, they're flawed, they're all, they could be charming, they could be devious. You know, uh, you, of course, it's easy to say the Kauravs were the quote-unquote bad guys in the Mahabharat, but it was Yudhishthir who, who was a gambling addict who lost everything to the Kauravs. So it's one of the reasons why I love this is because they, the characters are actually kind of human. They're not trying to be divine, you know. Another thing he does is like so. So, so then he's gonna cast his net wider. Like basically, this is just background to tell the larger story of like what is the book really about. So he's he's asking all of these questions, you know, and one of the things he he sort of settles on is that through Yama, the book is sort of about time. 
uh, how Yama could be the great, what he calls the great arbiter of time. He calls, he actually, I'll, I'll quote something I wrote in my essay about it, where he says, mm-hmm. is it possible to read the Mahabharata as an epic of time? Since Yama is not exactly identified with death, but is the overlord of life and death, would it be possible to understand the epic as the great poem of life and death? And I think that's what I feel like the number of people who who composed this great epic poem, like I, maybe maybe this is what they were trying to get towards, you know? Explain life and death, yeah. Explain life yeah. and death, explain just like the, the wheel of time, where there's the, the time is always moving forward, where humans are kind of stuck in that view, right, in a way. So so uh, Devi mentions Buddhist ideals to this too, because Buddhism has a lot to do with uh, a wheel of time. A lot of the philosophy has got to do right. with that. He talks, of course, as I mentioned, he, he, he talks about Adivasi versions of the Mahabharata, he talks about different Indians of different cultural backgrounds who sort of have specific different stories of Mahabharata that mean more to them than they might mean to the larger epic. The, the, the sort of final point really is that he's arguing about what it means to contemporary Indians as an idea of a nation, you know. Uh, so one of the things he's, he's very quick to warn us that like we might be quick to imagine this like unity of India in, in a book like this. But he mentions like some very problematic politics of war. Uh, in the Mahabharata, you know the, the politics of that that are in the Gita about war, uh, the chauvinism, the obsession in, with class and blood distinctions in the Mahabharata, he does not shirk away from mentioning those. But 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 the thing is that those are also true of India today. So it's it's like we have to take the good and the bad. We have to take the the sort of lessons of the Mahabharata of, of chauvinism, of uh, of the these this obsession of with class and blood and caste, and and mm. how they're still affecting India today. You know. Um, yeah, it's a reflection of the culture, right? The epic itself was is a reflection of the culture. Yeah, and and, and yet, and yet, despite these problematic views, I think one of Devi's arguments is that almost every subculture of India, uh, you know, so so it's not just men of certain caste or women of certain caste. Uh, mm. Almost every subculture has its is celebrated, has a reason to celebrate the Mahabharat because there's something in it in right. the story for them. Uh, something in the scripture for them so it's Correct. even though it divides indians a lot it's still inclusive in its sort of larger idea of of what india is i was very fascinated as somebody as i mentioned I, maybe sometime you this for the third time i really love the mahabharat as a story because i'm sort of uh, i'm very like atheist towards it i don't i don't consider it as a morality tale i don't consider it as a tale that's telling me how to be a person it's more like how i would read the Lord of the Rings, or how I would read Game of Thrones, yes. where where this is just it's an incredible epic. Yeah, it's the original epic, the saga. It's a, like it's a great yeah. epic story, and uh, and epic stories are supposed to have terrible people in it. You know, and I think that's that's sort of the point of it. So, yeah, for 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 other people who are sort of interested in uh, critical sort of critical breakdown of of something this massive in a very easy easy readable volume, I would highly suggest right. this. Yeah. Okay, that's great. I love reading versions as well, right? Like, like I said, I've read Chitra Devarakuni. I can never pronounce her last name. But um, uh, her version of the Ramayana was also interesting. Obviously told through Sita's point of view. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but I really liked the one about uh, the her version of Mahabharat. Mm-hmm. And I've also sort of, uh, I have a long, long time ago read uh, Devdat Patnayak's illustrated Mahabharat. I don't know if you've read that. It's, it's quite interesting. So I would love to read this. Actually, it does sound interesting. So, so what have you been reading? Uh, is there any any connecting thread at all? 
connecting thread I would think is chauvinism. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Let's go with that. Considering <laughs> we've talked about that, and because the I'm reading <laughs> the theme of the day. Yeah, because I'm reading Men Without Women by okay. Murakami. Now, Murakami, I'm I'm not the only one, of course, who says this, but is one of my favorite authors because mm-hmm. you can see why. You can see why every story of his has has these like pearls of wisdom where you just want to highlight what he said and like, oh yes, you know, this is it. Like he's seen. He's seen something and he's understood it and he's put it down in these beautiful words, which is why he is who he is. And his books keep you glued, right? Like they're like going down a rabbit hole. You, they are page turners. You, you just want to know, you know. So he's this. This is a book of short stories uh, called Men Without Women, which uh, predictably is only mainly about women because, like, you know. But what there are certain things I don't like about it as well because in okay. every single story, in every single story. The woman is a cheater. Okay? okay, interesting. Every woman has been described as mm-hmm. cheating on her husband, cheating mm-hmm. on her boyfriend, sometimes cheating with three, four people, breaking hearts, uh, being extremely emotionless. Okay, a lot of these women, all the women that he has described can be one woman. Okay, okay. In, like, essentially, mm-hmm. and a lot of the men he has described can be one man. So you honestly like, yeah. There's no difference in that sense. Of course, they're all brilliantly told these stories. Like mm-hmm. there is one story about uh, a plastic surgeon, a cosmetic surgeon, mm-hmm. and uh, about how he's this like perfectly, like in a way, like he leads a cosmetic life. You know, not a very deep kind of thing. He's all about uh, he's all about the sophisticated cooking and the homes, and you know, the conversation has mm-hmm. to be sparkling. But at the end of the day, when you when you dig deeper, there's nothing much. Mm-hmm. But this man is a great balancer of all his love affairs. Like he's constantly having affairs with his patients, mm-hmm. and all his patients are married, and obviously cheating on their husbands and etc. Until mm-hmm. he ultimately falls in love. This fellow mm-hmm. at at fifty two, and then what happens to him after that? So you know, there are a lot of these really really interesting stories. Like this one story called Sherizar, mm-hmm. where this girl, where this nurse. Comes home to take care of her patient, mm-hmm. and then part of taking care of her patient is having sex with him. And then after every time, she tells a story, oh, and she tells okay. a story. Yeah, right. Just just mm-hmm. till about four thirty p.m. And as soon as mm-hmm. it strikes, the clock strikes four thirty, she leaves. So he's mm-hmm. always like waiting for her next story. Like when is the next installment? And her stories are so warped. So mm-hmm. his idea of women. Is really warped, and I mean that's a, that's what a woman reading this feels like. This I'm sorry, this is not how women are. Mm-hmm. You cannot bunch everybody and you know, uh, in one brushstroke and say this is how people and all his women, mm-hmm. all his women cheat. All his women are either like there's something strange about them. Either they're crazy or they're obsessive mm-hmm. or they're you know he does touch a little bit on abuse and things like that. So in that I'm quite like I've never really I do now see that. Similarity in dance, 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 in you know his other books as well that I've read, Kafka on the Shore, and I I do see the similarity between how he views women and mm-hmm. how he views men. But in this particular one, it's really like hits mm-hmm. you in the face. Like all his women are cheaters, you know. So it's but, kind of yeah. yeah. So I have a couple of questions about that. Uh, b- because for him to for for him to title the collection Men Without Women. And then go. Yeah. So basically, he is shining a spotlight on the fact that this is gonna be something like like I, I want you to notice the gender dynamics here when I read the yes. title, right? So so yes. he's not shying away. Basically, him 
presenting all women under certain light is not an a mistake like it's he's he's obviously one of the great writers of our time so so it seems very intentional what he's doing and yeah. i wonder why he would do that and now you mentioned that all his men are also one man and all his women yeah. are also one woman so so do yeah. you think that's what he's trying to go for that like he's he's sort of saying that uh, of course and here's the crazy part he's a man writing about women which is obviously always going to be it, it's never that easy to to, to get it right yeah. right so so is he trying to say something about the, the general gender dynamics by saying uh, you know all men can be one trope and all women can be one trope because if he's stereotyping all women he's stereotyping all men as well right i think so but you know the, the the sense i get in this is that he's trying to show how women hurt men because there are a lot of stories that are about a man coming to terms with the fact that his wife cheated on him or coming to terms with the fact that this woman has hurt him many of the stories have the same trope like there's one where a man is so heartbroken that he's seeing things he's hallucinating and he has to go away somewhere and admit the, to himself that he's upset that his wife cheated on him mm. or for example there's one where a man who is an actor in japanese theater and cinema married to an japanese actress and he knew she was having affairs with three four different actors every film she would would have an affair but he was okay with it and he would just like continue being with her as if there was nothing but after she passes away he has to deal with the fact so he starts making friends with all the people that she had affairs with you know and then he starts like remembering his dead wife through them so it every story is almost like i i was actually thinking to myself yesterday i said maybe i should read up on it like did did he get cheated on did mr murakami get cheated on because it really seems like he did and this book is trying to uh, bring out all that hurt you know that you know you think that men do all this all the time what about women what about the fact that men are also so hurt by women interesting you know you feel he's uh, he's actually like like blaming women in this collection yes 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 okay. women are the villain women are the villain in this which is why he's called it men without women okay. which is so funny because it's about women the entire mm. book is about women, women shown in this light of yeah. you know not good like hurtful or emotionless is the story um, is barn burning in this collection it it's a similar story where there's where there's a man who is in who has a crush on this woman and she's she instead is with a richer man and the and the richer man goes around burning barns around uh, around tokyo no this is not that one okay, uh, this, okay. this has drive my car which is very okay. cool actually became, i i i became yeah. a good movie i've heard i haven't good seen the movie, film yet exactly. yeah that's the, exactly what i'm saying because the reason i asked about the reason hmm. i asked about barn burning is because uh, barn burning became a korean movie a couple of years ago ah. and it's, it's basically one of the it's one of my favorite movies of all time uh, it's, it's just called burning and it's a and it's it's based on ah. it's it based on a story that i feel could easily fit in this collection too because it's also about a man who who is in love with a woman but then eventually gets obsessed with the man who the woman has an affair with so exactly. it seems it, it seems very much around the same the same thematic yeah. lines So I think if anybody was has seen Drive My Car, they'd get it. Like that's the one about the actor and the act, the affairs and all of that. Okay. Okay. So, Got it. Yeah. Uh, but all of them are very, very, very cool and different. Like each, I can remember each of them very, uh, very clearly almost. You know. But I, yeah, I would recommend it because in every in every story there are these pearls of wisdom where I, I 
like this is not my book i borrowed it from a friend but had it been mine it would be full of annotations mm. and highlights and everything because there are these it's like that his his one man who's every man yeah. there's always some wisdom spouted by one of these characters which is so important and in that sense what makes him him right like yeah, what yeah, makes yeah. somebody unique Yeah. So in that sense, I would definitely recommend it. As a woman, I'm not very happy about it, but I would recommend it. Yeah. So, so, so great storytelling, but chauvinist, which is what Mahabharat and Murakami yes. have in common. Oh yeah. <laughs> great story. Is that a line you ever? Yeah. Is that a line you ever thought you'd say, Mahabharat just, and? Here we go now. You, you, this this is the only podcast where you hear that stuff. Just <laughs> yes. uh, anything else you 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 want to add about? this collection any any like final takeaways uh, no nothing else as of now final takeaways like i said read it each, each story is memorable mm. and i would love to know what what everyone uh, what do you think karan also after you read this what what you took away from it you know because everybody's takeaway is different shasta thank you for your time thank uh, i i i'm i was i was curious about this collection and it was kind of fun to to hear you uh, break it down thank you um, thank so you. i as i mentioned i read Uh, Mahabharat, the Epic, and the Nation by G. N. Devi, and uh, you had Men Without Women by Haruki Murakami. Thank you, Shasta, and I'll catch you in a month. So Pratik Santram joins us on What's the Chakkar? Pratik, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. We we haven't done a podcast in quite some time. There've been lots of big movies out, mm-hmm. big movies and small movies, but. I sort of urged you, peer pressured you, to watch a movie I was curious to watch, which is Amir Khan's Lal Singh Chadda. Lal Singh Chadda. Bhag Lal Bhag. अब कुछ लोग विश्वास नहीं करते, पर जिंदगी में चमत्कार होने हैं जी, हाँ. मम्मी कहती थी के हर एक दिन अपनी तकदीर होनी है. मम्मी बाजी. के सारा कुछ लिखिया मैनो नहीं पता किथे लिखिया है सब किसने लिखिया है और क्यों लिखिया है जो लिखिया है रूपा मेरे साथ नाउ आई न्यू इवन बिफोर पुटिंग इट ऑन आई न्यू कि दिस माइट बी समथिंग्स आई विल डिसलाइक अबाउट इट बट फॉर मी लाइक आई यू नो आई सॉल्व ग्रोन अप इन द एरा ऑफ बिग अमीर खान मूवीज ही इम्पैक्ट ऑन आर लाइफ यू नो forget even i mean the 90s to obviously he was big but uh, lagan dil chahta hai rang de basanti 3d it's on and on and on pk yeah, yeah. like you know dangal you can just go on there's so many so- movies like this lal singh chadda was supposed to be the next in line mm-hmm. so i had to watch it and um, it's uh, been out on, on out on netflix now a few weeks or a few months by the time you guys hear this actually uh, it's a remake if you do, live under a bush you don't know this answer it's a remake of the 1994 classic classic hollywood film Forrest Gump yeah starring Tom Hanks now whether you lo- love or hate Forrest Gump if you know hollywood to a certain degree you know this film it is so ubiquitous people like know everything about forrest gump right yeah uh, so last thing Ch- chadda was directed by advait chandan um it was a bit of a flop it was i mean i think it flopped before it came out because first of all people who knew so again people who knew that it was a remake of forrest gump mm-hmm. 
Whoa. And it was an official remake. It like in the sense, they, they, yeah, they took the permission rights. and all that, huh? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a Buppy Larry remake. <laughs> no, they, 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 they bought the rights, and mm-hmm. so people who knew it was a remake, and especially after the trailer, I think they were just disappointed because we'll talk about his performance in a bit. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, that, and if you didn't know about it, it didn't generate enough interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was some controversy as well. I, I honestly, I don't know about that about mm-hmm. what the controversy was, but I know there's something. Uh, but yeah, the movie. I mean. I don't know. Just to start off with, wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I was gonna say that too. Like, there are many reasons why it was a flop. Uh, uh, there was negative press by the right wing mm. now. You know, because they want to uh, uh, ban or they want to boycott every movie. Yeah. And it was based on Amir Khan's previous films, actually, his previous comments. Yeah. Um, there was also the reason of, the, of like the fact that the pandemic had sort of pushed people. It it's very. Anyways, um, movies in the cinemas are not becoming hits the way they mm-hmm. used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think the most of the films are doing better, or I, I would imagine, you know, apart from like the random Kashmir Files, which yeah. was just a, a standalone sort of hit, uh, the movies that do well are m- mostly small budget movies that go straight to Netflix or Prime, yeah. and you know, uh, and these ambitious movies are now. I think it's a trend now. They will have a tough time going forward. Yeah. Um, but 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 you really said it right. The truth is, it simply wasn't. A great Good movie. Film. Yeah, I mean, especially if you've seen Forrest Gump. Okay, yeah. now Forrest Gump for me doesn't come in my top twenty, maybe, but it's a good film and it's a movie that you remember. Yes, uh, it's a movie that's memorable. Uh, it's a movie that really, really the way they like weave American culture mm. into the storyline, and that's the whole space, the the what do you call it? The thing of the movie, mm. right? That that's the USP of the movie. Mm. That how this guy actually <laughs> maybe not changed, but definitely experienced. Uh, like these big moments in American history. Mm-hmm. So honestly, to do that, it this movie didn't feel like that. Even though they did do that, they did. Mm-hmm. I think the the choice of events that they took uh, was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite, I mean, quite. Um, how should I put this? I was expecting these events to be a part of that, mm-hmm. but um, and I would have been okay with the storyline. Mm-hmm. I would have been okay because you know the story. But I would have been okay with uh, everything in the movie. But the main letdown was the performance. Mm. And that also off Amir Khan. Mm. Uh, which, which is a funny thing because Amir Khan, if nothing else, is an earnest actor. Yeah, usually he he commits, I would say he overcommits himself to mm. these roles and goes all the way. Like like Dangal, for example. Yeah. Um, understated. And uh, like no, nobody remembers Dangal for Amir Khan's acting. But if you actually think about it, he was perfect for what he did. Yeah. Um, with this, it didn't. I agree with you. It didn't quite hit the mark. He was he was playing his PK character. That's what I felt like. He just mm-hmm. come out of that mold, that wide eyed mm-hmm. alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, I I mean, I I don't take like a stand or whatever. But yeah, he he just played it like somebody who's dumb. And Forrest Gump, yes, was a man who was uh, below average intelligence. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't. I, I don't know, like. It didn't show him in a good light. I mean, yeah. and I, I know I know the character self-aware that he's not that intelligent, which is mm-hmm. fine. But he, I, I don't think he did a good job at all. Which is funny because he's long been called like India's Tom Hanks. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, it, I mean, if if you were gonna do a, a, a Forrest Gump remake, at least I'm glad it's Amir Khan and not somebody else. Mm. But honestly, shouldn't <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, I think it followed. Forrest Gump too closely, yeah, yeah, like scene by scene almost. You know, apart from the the, the historical context is different, but you know, there's 
that that bhag lal bhag moment yeah, yeah, yeah. um there was the the first time when he meets bala bala is the character who's the baba gamba yeah. yeah. and it's the same scene like he's sitting in the bus <laughs> now of course instead of the shrimp he's into his chaddi which is that was nice that was a nice little touch um there's i think like and then red mist as that some of the big moments i didn't really feel the emotional impact i had Correct. from when i saw so for example the uh, for example the bhag lal bhag moment yeah. Uh, run for his run was is an iconic moment yeah, in cinema yeah, yeah. you really feel emotionally invested it, this one didn't i didn't really feel the same way similarly with you know when his mom is dying or uh, even like the war scenes it just i think i, I almost felt they were rushing through it mm-hmm. and and so it it was just things were just happening they weren't really leaving an emotional impact you are you're actually that's you're absolutely right like it's because it wanted to be so faithful to forest gump mm-hmm. which i think wouldn't have made a difference yeah. because if you bought the rights mm-hmm. you change the story up a little bit i mean yeah. because it was it was too close to forest yeah. gump some scenes were not necessary yeah um, they bought the rights but of course it's a movie with a different name the, yeah. so they can really do whatever they want with exactly. it you know? exactly they could have indianized it a lot more yeah. Uh, yeah. in the sense of like you, you not just the movie scenes but mm-hmm. also the events that they chose mm-hmm. they want that impactful of whereas in forest gump you know uh, <laughs> they they are really really those those scenes like stand out the yeah, historical yeah, events yeah. you know so i really it lost its novelty very soon mm-hmm. i mean that one cameo though that they put in i think the the, the shahrukh khan, khan cameo, cameo that was really good that was good i think they did a good, did a good job with that i was expecting most something more like that which mm-hmm. would be unexpected unexpected things yeah i i would say the very first uh, one of the very first uh, historical moments during the 84 riots mm. that had some impact i think uh, because his, the, the character of his mom was was really good in that moment yeah. but in general i agree with you so so um, some positives i i do think it was wise for them to start uh, the movie in a railway station platform and then on the train <laughs> yeah because it's really like i felt that uh, a movie that um, that has ambitions to be pan indian mm. uh, the railway station is such a pan indian kind of place yeah. um and this hard you know he sitting he's in the train sitting with those box of golgappas first of all why, yeah, yeah, yeah. why wasn't it a box of mixed mithai <laughs> if uh, any any standard diwali ka set box would have been better than a box of dry golgappas exactly <laughs> i mean i guess they had to like do the whole uh, golgappe geele ho jate hain that that this ah. thing but it was too much of an effort you right ha. and again life is like a box of, box of chocolates as again iconic line yeah to ca- try and recreate that mummy mummy kehti hai ki zindagi golgappe jaise again trying too hard to yeah. be like forest gump because yeah. again i am not sure i i probably should research this but i don't think when they were writing all those lines for forest gump they they knew it was going to be like that big, that huge yes that huge uh-huh. so i think and that trying to copy that to actually mm-hmm. come up with a, a catch phrase or a, a memorable dialogue mm-hmm. i don't think it works yeah like yeah. when you're trying to make it like, you're trying to make it memorable yeah, huh? exactly it has to be organic exactly um so so here's one so i i wrote, I wrote about uh, amir khan mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. and it was more about his career than this movie alone but one of the things i was thinking about is that and even though i do agree with you the forest gump should not have been adapted i do think that if you the forest gump if you rewatch it it's actually very much a typical bollywood, bollywood film yeah. it has this over the top melodrama mm. it has these like random coincidences which only <laughs> happen in india apparently there's like you know the, the broken hearts and then like then the way the reconciliation um 
there is the ma factor mm. very huge very, for, very, for india yeah, yeah, yeah. um and unrelenting display of patriotism <laughs> yeah. so so it, so I, i'm not surprised it was done but you're like it, they could have taken other risks with this film they could have, i was very honestly when i heard about this mm-hmm. like a long time back i think mm-hmm. four five years ago mm-hmm. when they bought the rights mm-hmm. i was pretty excited about this movie because mm-hmm. i was like okay, amir khan hai amir khan hai uh-huh. he's not going to screw it up mm-hmm. but i think i just saw the trailer in fact when you asked me to watch it mm-hmm. I, i think my my reply was why do i want to torture myself <laughs> <laughs> because because i seen the trailer uh-huh. and just his perform i knew, i knew exactly what his performance was going mm-hmm. to be like mm-hmm. and he didn't uh, well he didn't surprise yeah, <laughs> me at yeah, all yeah. in the so yeah i It's okay that I watched it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I it's okay. I, I I wanted to watch Forrest Gump after that. Oh, okay, that, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that's what it <laughs> did to me. So I I want to talk about something you mentioned briefly earlier. You you mentioned um the historical stuff mm. of India that's happening mm. in the background. And of course, this is what is going to make this movie stand out. If uh, if we are following the life of uh uh Lal like the way the life of Forrest is, mm. then what separates the movies is the fact that Indian history is going to be starkly different to yeah. American history. Yeah. And they, you know, as we mentioned, we talked about the um, the Delhi riots. Mm. There was Operation Blue Star. There was Bal Thakre Rath Yatra. There were the 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 Mumbai riots, the Babri Masjid demolition, the Kargil war, uh the rise of India's private sector which then you get to see through the business he starts. Mm-hmm. Uh the 2611 terror attacks. Mm-hmm. And then the last main thing was the 2001 anti-corruption anna hazare movement yeah that was the last main scene yeah yeah, yeah. i found that hilarious ki last 10 years of indian history has been ha- has basically not happened it kind of shows you what they're scared of doing where we are in <laughs> india right who now who they scared of <laughs> like like the, 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 i mean of course so there was uh, there was no mention of the gujarat riots in 2002 yeah. and then basically the the whole history from 2014 till now of of india's like reaching towards authoritarian rule whatever's happened since the pandemic demonetization pandemic pandemic lockdown everything the the only mention of prime minister modi was when um, he's running across the ghats of varanasi yeah. and there's a, a lotus symbol and uh, a mural of, of modi in the back yeah and that's it and so like i felt that was a missed opportunity because again forest gum could take risks exactly yeah. they, by the end of it we had a uh, jenny doing the whole flower power thing yeah. and uh, does she get aids or something like something I you know think so, she is really yeah, sick yeah 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 because um, it ends in the 80 so i think it is AIDS. something yeah. like that yeah but so so now that i mentioned that i i do want to say the the that run the big run in then i felt that what to me was the most emotionally impactful moment yeah uh, cuz he's it was really cool to see man like we know india we are relatively well traveled but just to see on a screen like how beautiful our own country is like a reminder yeah. of our own country has like all of this stuff from kashmir to kanyakumari from varanasi to rajasthan northeast like everywhere you know that was yeah i think that was that was well done i and if i'm not mistaken this uh, the running scene in forest gump this running part on forest gump wasn't that long i think this was longer mm. so the the scene in this was much longer and i like the fact that uh, he said that मैं भाग रहा था जब खत्म हो गया तो मैं पलट के वापस आ गया जहां बेसिकली वाज रनिंग टिल टिल वेयर एवर ही कुड गो सो यू आर राइट सो दैट काइंड ऑफ डस शो इंडिया इट शोस लाइक आई थिंक सम ऑफ द लद्दाख सीन्स वर रियली वेल शॉट या सो या आई मीन 
yeah that was it was memorable but by the time it was it comes so late in the movie yeah. you really stop caring about the film and i yeah. watched it very honestly i finished it for well, two reasons because number one i was a plane hmm. and for some reason this was an automatic download on my phone but and we had to talk about it so hmm. i was like okay let 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 me finish this yeah well i mean I, i'll say this in the defense like it wasn't a painful movie to watch all the way through because because it was fast moving hmm. so many things were happening hmm. um like even though it wasn't a great film it was easy to watch, watch yeah it was easy yeah. easy to get through to the end but that said like um i you know we, we were talking about american movies in the past and most of his films make for great rewatch yeah this one and i would also say pk pk i have i again i, I felt very similar about pk as a feel about this i think i enjoyed it but i don't think i could watch it again yeah and um, similarly with this like it was fine I only I could watch it again whereas most of his other great films like I love Rangde Basanti 3 Idiots was great yeah, yeah. um Dangal was great like these films they, they actually worth one or two rewatches and I think that's what um, Lal Singh Chadda will just not have that sort of long term saying power probably yeah uh, any last words for you about this film nothing i just think we missed uh, no not i don't think so i mean i just hope uh, Amir Khan comes back st- stronger after this because uh, I mean it was actually a shock to see like how uh, disappointing his performance was mm-hmm. uh, because again as i said it was just like he had just taken the pk character and shifted it yeah, yeah, to yeah. the set so yeah i i hope i hope he comes up with better stuff yeah okay so my last question for you which hollywood film would you like american to remake next <laughs> the the only rule is it has to be like a classic mainstream film it can't be it can't be like you know um, like a hichupa rustum film I would actually like to see him play a cop so like a great cop drama actually I would like a multi-starer hmm. with all the three khans I don't know how Salman will do because hmm. he's not a good actor but uh, yeah remake the departed so so infernal affairs from hong kong, hong kong to departed to departed to yeah fantastic idea i think let's leave it on that there should be a hindi departed <laughs> thank you pradeep thanks thanks swari so manral joins us on the what's the chakra podcast adi welcome back how are you doing doing well karan doing really well thank you we are both in cold cold landor right now it's uh, yeah. it, it, it's it's winter season but at least the air is breathable unlike our friends down in the plains so uh, we're not complaining yeah but a, but a lot of our uh, our friends down in the plains are excited because in a couple of months the lollapalooza is in mumbai we had spoken about lollapalooza you know i think several months ago when we just heard rumors you know we thought red hot chili peppers will be there we had thought um who pearl jam would be there but it turned out like when they finally released the actual lineup the lineup was pretty different so the the the, the main acts the, the leading acts are imagine dragons and the strokes uh and then after mm. that uh, some of the bigger acts you know ap dillon getta van fleet who i like if i was going i would go to watch getta van fleet those guys are amazing diplo ju pratik kuhar who of course has performed in in masuri with you guys uh divine who's like obviously one of the best indian rappers out there and uh, we have featured his song in the past cigarettes after sex japanese breakfast medion alec benjamin and on and on and on uh bloody wood is there who we have focused right. featured on our podcast tejas who have fe- who we have featured is there too so so a lot of right. people who who we are we are interested in on the chakra podcast are actually we will actually be playing in this massive massive event um our right. friend prateek is going are you are you also thinking of going for this friday 
I, I'm not sure. I was. I would have gone if the rumors were to be true. Initially, the rumors that we heard that Pearl Jam might be coming, you know, Red Hot Chili Pepper might come. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been a sure seller for me. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I mean, apart from the Indian acts that I really want to see, uh, mm-hmm. the the international name that really caught my uh, catches my attention is Greta Van Fleet. That's mm-hmm. that's the one that's on my uh, charts that I would like to watch live so mm. i'm i'm still trying to make up my mind uh, if i should go or not it'll anyways it'll be a good experience all palooza like you know like all the indian acts that are performing are the big names so you know you get um, all of them under one one like you know one banner uh and then you don't have to separately go and kind of watch their shows in their town so that that's kind of a nice uh, opportunity right there so just for the big indian names i might uh, yeah i'm i'm still deciding i don't know well, what are you thinking about karan yeah i'm not sure if i'll be you know if i'll have the time to go for this and 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 just as you i i i, I was hope, hoping that the lineup would be better the, the strokes are pretty good greta is of course like i really like that band divine would be really awesome to watch as well but that said like i just don't think it's I just don't think the lineup for me right now is is worth it to go. At, at, but I feel, of course, there are a lot of listeners mm-hmm. who are super fans of like AP Dillon, for example. Uh, Correct. Of, of Diplo, for example. The the F 16s they're a smaller band that, but they have a lot of hype, you know. Um, right, so, right, right. So, so I do understand for you know for a lot of people, this might actually be the dream lineup. Mm-hmm. So we're barely even right, talking right. about Imagine Dragons, yeah. who are the, the top billers <laughs> there. Um, but but here's another thing. Here's a here's a thing. Um, Maybe it's a good thing that you know, like you don't have any huge international names, just mm-hmm. so that it all blends in together. Like you know, like like the point that we can talk about Indian artists in the same breath and say, like, you know what, like these guys are gonna play there, and that might be a real pull for me more than Imagine Dragons. Yeah, I might go for the Indian acts, and so yeah. maybe that's that's not a bad thing. Like to yeah. not have someone who's going to really burn the stage down like say a pearl jam or a, or a red hot chili pepper um maybe maybe this is a great thing that you know um, apart from imagine dragon uh and greta and i mean there are big bands but but again like it's not like the the stadium sellers i'm not sure about imagine dragon probably they do that but uh, i feel like it's it somehow balances in a way that you know it sets up the stage for our indian uh, acts um, that I, I mean, I, I, if I ever go, uh, I, I will be going for the Indian acts more than the international acts. Speaking of Indian acts, uh, I do want to transition to our, our Indian artist of the month and our song of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. So, so I focused on um, uh, there's a really, really well known rising Kashmiri rapper by the name of Amir. Uh, I had interviewed mm-hmm. Amir for a story on the Chakkar, uh, just a few months ago. And uh, he, okay. he he had just released a second album. His second album was called uh, Azli, which means endless. His his debut album mm-hmm. was called uh, Little Kid Big Big Dreams, which is sort of like um, a, a homage to Kendrick Lamar's like uh, uh, major label de- debut as well. Um, but mm. and, and so that album was kind of like Amir's introduction to himself, you know, and the situation in Kashmir. Uh, this right. one takes such a deeply personal psychological turn like he's really dealing with mental stress and mental trauma mm-hmm. in this album and and i think what really stands out in azli as an album is uh, uh its production like he's actually used a lot of kashmiri folk music to to use as samples for the for the hip hop tracks 
he's really inspired and, and there are a lot of features of local poets from Kashmir local artists um, oh nice there's you know uh, and the, thematically you know there's it's about uh, there's a lot of paranoia in this album there's a lot of sense of loss there's some love there's some doubts you know there's how like the politics of the state affect personal politics and uh, so mm-hmm. just in, and you know like uh, only only some of this album was actually in in a language i could understand like some of the album was mm-hmm. in urdu which i can understand but the kashmiri i can't right. but so so i needed like translated lyrics for a lot of the songs but that said uh, the the emotion still comes through even if you don't always understand the music Mm-hmm. and amir is uh, based in kashmir is he based in kashmir based out of kashmir or does he stay somewhere else he he's he's based in, out of srinagar now i, I know pre pandemic he was spending a lot of time in in delhi doing shows and promoting himself but i think so this mm-hmm. is what part of the stuff we talked about that i think the pandemic sent him back home and he sort of rediscovered his roots in a way and made like a really really like srinagar kashmir focused album you know mm Yeah. and and the albums are quite different the one that you heard before the, the debut album just yeah. just talking about sound would it does it sound quite different and this yeah. one you're saying is very it's got yeah. a lot of folk elements the the first one was more purely a uh, production wise like a hip hop album so so it took from mm. whatever were the trends in in hip hop production in the US um and and sort of like you know uh used those trends o- over kashmiri raps but this time he 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 actually he, i mean now I, they, they still they still use sampling and sampling is something so huge in hip hop but now they're sampling kashmiri folk music and and so that mm. adds this such a great interesting layer of um, of background score to his music so like you really mm. feel that you know he he, he i felt like he, like i've never been to shrinagar and i felt like this was like right. amir was a tour guide you know uh, like an audio tour guide mm-hmm. of, of the state you know of of the city and the state um so yeah. the song the song that uh, that i've chosen for the song of the month is called kal kharab which means insane and it features mm-hmm. uh, another rapper called tufail uh just like this is kind of even though i've i've, I've talked so far about how the 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 album is inspired by kashmiri folk this one is just like a very straight up really great hip hop track you know they're sp- spitting quick fire nice. raps there's a mean bassline booming gunshots you know it's like I-, i feel this is like one of the standouts in the album and it felt like okay so at one point i might be tapping my feet but this could also be like the sound of a revolution because it's got that inspirational mm-hmm. sound behind it here is our song of the month and it's called kal kharab by amer featuring tufail कोशिश पाया इतना चले इतना चले 
A big thank you to all the guests for joining us today and of course to all the listeners who have tuned in. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Please check us out on thechakkar.com and we are on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter at thechakkar. Until next time, chakkar ghumte raho. <laughs>